Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It is Balloon Party, driven by Monganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan. Jackson Burkett is vacationing in the Hamptons. Actually, a cabin in central Tennessee, to be real transparent with everybody. 12 guys, 6 beds. You can text in 314-399-9646. Matt Rocchio is in, though. That's, that means you're in. I was explaining Jackson's <laughs> weekend situation to the opening drive. And How did I, they I actually, enjoy it? Well, I lowballed the number of, of dudes 12. in the cabin. I thought it was 7 did plus Jackson. Did you highball the number of beds? I did not. I did not know the bed situation exactly. So the fact that sure, and, Randy and they, would have been confused. They were already like, I'm sorry, he's just him and 7 guys just in a cabin in, in t- Tennessee. No, I go, yeah, that's, 11. that's my description. And I was even wrong about the number yeah. of men. Yeah. I don't know what that's to gone, say about it. That's gone over well in the other and show, he right? he really, really was looking forward to it. And if he's looking forward to it, then I'm happy for him. It's you know? Like, I used to go to Las Vegas for two weeks at a time, and people are like, oh, no, he's got a terrible cocaine habit. That's what people, I think, assumed. And the reality is I would play in the World Series of Poker and my wife and I would sometimes go to bed at like nine o'clock at night because I would have to get up. And if I was lucky, I would get through the next day playing poker. But I'm sure people on the outside looking in were like, oh, they're like at, you know, EDM and rolling balls or something like that. But I really was out there playing poker. And uh, and I was doing this in my 30s while all my other friends at that time were probably starting families. And I bet they were looking at it going, oh, God, we lost him. He's he's going down a dark path and <laughs> and we'll read about him, you know, in rehab sometime here in the next couple of you know months because I'm posting poker hands on social media and like posting crap, you know, from Las Vegas. Oh, you're still out there. It's been since Memorial Day and it's now June 18th. You know, he must be like a drug mule or something for the cartel. You have to be over, like the over on the national average of how many times you've eaten at Gordon Ramsay Burgers. Oh, I would, I, the <laughs> restaurants there. Yeah, the, the, the guy at the, the hotel, and, and it's not like, you know, these are large hotels. Manuel's his name, as a matter of fact. I'll give him a shout out. I, I think he streams. Uh, he, he knows us by name. They'll ask about the family. And it's, it'd be one thing if I'm like doing that, you know, on the south side at one of the neighborhood establishments, you know. I do think the dealers at uh, Like when I see the great fun. David Price at Biggie's, for example. You know David Price. Oh, the best. Yeah. Of course I know him. Well, it's, that's Biggie's right there on Watson. And we're both St. Gabriel's guys and the whole thing. But this is a guy who works in a resort with like 4,000 rooms. <laughs> and it's on the strip. And he sees God only knows how many people. And he knows me. So, yeah. Now, the truth was I was playing poker, but on the outside looking in, I understand the optics. Jackson understands the optics of his trip to the cabin in central Tennessee, which was initially called the Smoky Mountains. And then we looked into it and it was not the Smoky Mountains. (laughs) It's, It's a cabin in central Tennessee. And that's fine. If he's looking forward to it, 
God bless him. I would look forward to my trips to Las Vegas to play poker, but I'm sure most people are like, oh, that's sad and pathetic. I'm sure some people are like, oh, it's cool you're playing the World Series of Poker. But most people are like, wow, you're in your you know, your mid-30s and you're out in Las Vegas for two weeks at a time playing poker. That's kind of sad. I liked it. If Jackson likes spending all that time with his buddies in the cabin with a limited amount of sleeping arrangements, then I am happy for Jackson. We do not kink shame on balloon party. I don't know what the policy is on opening drive. Maybe maybe no. you guys kink shame on opening drive. I don't know. No, but can I can I can I run a read by you? Please. I, I was John getting, Denton, ten fifteen. By the way, talking Cardinals. I was getting a read based on listening to the other show that you guys do. That the, Wait, the we can't talk about it on here. The, no, the, the morning after, of course. <laughs> the you. criticism over on HD two. Yes, the criticism was starting to get to him. Yes, I agree play. with okay. it. That was it's, it, read. It, it is interesting to me for all the crap that we both catch in here, uh, and that is certainly on TMA. I mean, we get our asses lit up, you know, for three hours on that. That that one was the one that kind of that was the jab that that landed a a punch that stopped him. That was the one. I'm just like, really, that one kind of. <laughs> But I didn't want to tell the Balloon Party audience because I know if the Balloon Party audience knew what the weak spot was, it would start to bother him. Then he'd get distracted. It's to a point now. Now, I notice here as as I'm in here with you that you have the Air Comfort Service text line facing. Oh, you have it up over there. Because Brooke uses this computer. No, I have it right here in my face the entire time. Got it. Because I, I would like it to be like a bylaw that Jackson can't look at the text inbox. Because I'll get it, and then I'll see him start to shake his head. <laughs> and while he is certainly more callous than the average twenty-five-year-old in the industry, it's still you know he's new, and he doesn't he hasn't experienced the hate that comes with this job. And uh, and occasionally, if they were critical of his camping trip, it would it would rattle his cage. So that is that is correct, and that is where he is. He will be back on Monday. Uh, Matt Rocchio, kind enough to fill in. As I said, John Denton will be with us. I always enjoy this conversation. He's going to be a regular on the show. Taylor Twelman on Tuesdays. I believe John's going to be usually on Thursdays. I think that is the plan. Um, and he flew to Seattle yesterday. Cardinal starting this nine-game road trip. With you being on the opening drive, I can actually have a conversation with someone who was and on, is on the show to tell me what everybody was talking about today. I'm curious what everybody was talking about. What was the topic today? Cardinals didn't play yesterday. Blues are done. You had Pat Maroon and Ryan O'Reilly exchanging pleasantries last night in Toronto. But what were the people worked up about? This is great. I, this is what I usually ask Randy, Kerry, and, and and Brooke and you when I'm coming in. But then you guys are heading out, so I don't know. So what was going on? What they, happened? They were actually, I think because the Cardinals did not play, they were actually a fairly calm group uh, okay. today. We talked a lot of MLS. Uh, we had an, um, Marcelo Balboa, who's a former uh, U.S. men's national sure, team Sure, I remember player. him. He was he, on the 94 team, if yep, I'm uh, exactly. not mistaken. And, and he came on the show talked a little city. Uh, the one thing that, that did get some reaction was I, I threw out just at the beginning of you know what the ten uh, ten game road trip on the West Coast. What do you what what what's the record you want to see from the Cardinals? Mainly because the Mariners are under five hundred. Surprisingly, the Giants continue to be building back up, and the Dodgers, I think, shocking a lot of people, are under five hundred as well. And so I was just kind of wondering, with teams that aren't really doing too well, do you ha- the Cardinals have to take advantage of this, or would it shock you if these West Coast teams kind of? You know, get get some of their. It's a nice back. question. See, I think that two of those teams will wind up in the playoffs. Mm-hmm, exactly. I realize that right now the Dodgers and the Mariners are not in that spot, and then you have the three that they just you know went five and five against. I don't know if this pirate thing is. I mean, they're th- they're thirteen and seven. They keep winning. I don't know. I mean, 
I still don't really recognize the people who hit for them. I don't really recognize the people who pitch for them. But it's 20 games. That's decent. I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe the, maybe there's something to the Pirates this year. Either way, the Cardinals are six games back, and no matter who they're playing, they're going to have to get it going. I'm anxious to see. We've heard before, talked about it a couple days ago, Matt, that uh, Maroon, actually, we cited him and O'Reilly and them screwing around last night uh, while the Leafs were blowing out the lightning, that um, he said that the road trips can bring teams together. Now, the hockey road trip might have a different flavor to it than the baseball one. The baseball, you don't have the off days in between. And uh, that, he said, was a big part of that 2019 run, was the guys getting together and hanging out, as you saw with the, the famous Gloria Bar. But um, I am, I'm anxious to see what the rotation does now. It'll be the fourth time through. It had improved, with the exception of Montgomery. He was the one who had the precipitous drop-off, but the others had improved. And if you can, as a team, go on the road and start to set the season back right, because if this goes, you know, three and seven, that's... it. it listen, well, you'll always have 2011 and go, oh my God, you can't rule them out. But realistically... That is just not a, a something that you use as a business model. I don't think that that's what the Cardinals do use as a business model, but I understand fans who go, they just want to get in and then hope that they can catch fire like they did uh, back in tw- 2006 and 2011. So you don't want to go into May as an under 500 team without a real reliable rotation. And that's it. You have to go seven and three in this road trip to be above 500 in May. You go 6 and 4, you're a 14 and 15 ball club on May 1st. You go 7 and 3, obviously you're above 500. So like that's that's the thing right there and I, I was just saying, would it shock anybody if the 8 and 11 Mariners are 500 after a three-game series against the Cardinals? It's that's the thing. I, I I don't know what we got here. And and one of the things and it was discussed, you know, Marshy Marsha from the fast lane filled in Doug Vaughn and Jackson both vacation filled in on TMA this morning. And he was talking about, you know, we saw what the offense could do, um, that they they have that ability to rake like they did on Wednesday against the Diamondbacks. Two things on that. Number one, just statistically, you're welcome to look it up. I, hell, a lot of Cardinal fans would point this out, and it would drive them up the wall, in particular during the Matheny era. The team won the first two games of the series. So how often would they lose the third game? In part because the lineup would look like a JV team. Um, but then secondarily, the guy the Cardinals raked on wasn't even part of the team in 24 hours, you know, Madison <laughs> yeah. Bumgarner being DFA'd. So contextualize that appropriately. Um, I'm anxious to see what the rotation does. And then also if they the numbers have to start improving with runners and scoring positions, that's just ma- that's just math. There's also talent there, but that's just math. The numbers are such outliers that that that's encouraging. And that's a reason to it's kind of like when you have a, a GM or a manager saying, well, he's hitting the ball hard. They're just going right at people. We heard a lot about Matt Carpenter with that when he was with the Cardinals. And inevitably, the math would start to work in their favor. I just think that the math's going to have to start working in their favor on the runners in scoring position. So that should improve. I don't know how much room for improvement there is with the rotation. So they're closer to their floor right now. The problem is their ceiling isn't the ceiling of what is a world championship contender. And even if they start winning games, I don't think all of a sudden you're going to see like the rotation rattling off three or four starts with six innings, two runs loud from those starters. That's just not what this group is. So if they're not hitting, 
with the pitching they have, they're going to have real problems. They can't go out and win games like, say, the Rays, for example, uh, can. I realize I'm presenting an extreme example in April 2023. Um, or what the Brewers have done, and uh, certainly the Braves, whose eight-game winning streak uh, came to a halt. Your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line. John Denton of MLB.com is going to join us in the next segment. He will be a regular here on the program, and he will be with us next here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Old Toyota. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Party on 101 ESPN. It's driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. And it is our pleasure to welcome to the program live from Seattle, where the Cardinals will be taking on the Mariners at the start of this road trip. John Denton of MLB.com. John, good morning. Hey, Tim. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you doing? How are things in the Pacific Northwest? Doing great. Uh, ugly and rainy last night, but we got a little bit of sunshine today. Ah, nice. A rare change of pace for Seattle. It starts to change usually around uh, April. Cardinals don't have to worry about the conditions there with that building, but they will uh, be put to the test. Two teams here that I think expected to have a better start to the season than they have. Um, Cardinals certainly falling into that category, although as of late... The starting pitching, minus the Montgomery start in that fourth inning a few nights ago, mm-hmm. the rotation has shown signs of improvement. Uh, your assessment of the Cardinal rotation at this moment before they begin the road trip? Yeah, you, you know, we, Tim, we all know they, they don't have that true shutdown ace that you can count on every five days, but they have a bunch of guys who can get out. They have guys who can get ground balls, and you know they're, they're coming back a little closer to form. Uh, the the start was. You know, much worse than they expected. Uh, you know, tonight's a big start for Stephen Matz. I mean, you know, the Cardinals gave Stephen Matz $44 million four-year contract. Last year was a, you know, was a, a super letdown with all the injuries. Stephen Matz, you know, he he's had a couple of bad starts so far. Can't go out and get his head knocked off tonight. You know, he's got to get out. He's got to keep the ball down. Uh, you know, Steven tends to lose focus from time to time and, and lets the ball get up in the get up in the zone, and that's when he gets hit hard. If he'll stay down, uh, use his fastball in, he can get out. Like he, he has as much talent, he has as much stuff as anybody on the staff. It's just a matter of being stubborn and being focused and, and hitting his spots. But like you said, the, the staff has come back a little bit. Uh, you know, like I said, they don't have that number one – you know, closer who's going to shut everybody down every five days, but they have guys who can get out. So, you know, they're going, they're going to be better and it's starting to turn a little bit. With regards to the Adam Wainwright uh, look ahead um, and, uh, and Jake Woodford uh, and of course what Matthew Libertor had done up until a rough start recently with, with Memphis, how do you think things shake out in the Cardinal rotation here over the next couple of weeks? Well, Wayno's going to, well, you know, Wayno threw 60 pitches, he threw 59 pitches on Wednesday. He's going to come back and throw 75 pitches on, um, let's see, that would be Tuesday with Springfield. And then I think five days later he could be in the Cardinal rotation. Now, that would mean him going out to L.A. and possibly pitching out there. But but most likely, I, I think Wayno probably opens the homestand uh, next week. Uh, could, could we interest anyone in a uh, Shohei Otani versus Adam Wainwright uh uh, <laughs> oh my, that. that would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. I think that was something that would excite Cardinal fans, and I think maybe that next homestand he could be, 
uh, you know, starting pitcher one of those nights. And uh, on the other side of things, we have seen what was a little uh, curious at the start of the season, and that is Wilson Contreras' problems. He has been on a heater over the last week, hitting 429 OPS uh, at 1.405. The slugging coming back with a couple of home runs. The Cardinals' comeback just came up short in that Montgomery start game. But he has been hitting the ball hard over the last week, and they have been dropping. So Contreras has been on a heater. Uh, you're around the club every day, John. Was he getting frustrated? Was he conveying his frustration with the start to the season? He actually was. He was getting you know down on himself, but he said... He, you know, to his credit, he said, hey, I was around a lot of losing in, in Chicago, and I, I let it affect me a lot of times. And he said he's kind of tried to turn over a new leaf here. And he said, whether I'm going great or whether I'm going poorly, I'm going to be the same guy every day. And, you know, he says he learned from, from you know, years of losing in Chicago. Uh, he wants to be uh, looked at as a leader. And, you know, there were a lot of cries, hey, move, move Wilson Contreras out of the fifth spot. Well, the Cardinals moved him to third and then fourth <laughs> with uh, Goldschmidt and Arenado out, and all he did was, you know, catch fire. And to, cre- to credit Ali, Ali Marmol, he said the other day, he said, when he's driving the ball the other way, that's when the kid's about to take off. And, you know, the first loss Monday night, um, he hit a ball off the wall against Arizona in right field to drive in their one run. And sure enough, Tuesday and Wednesday, he started hitting the ball like crazy. So apparently the the thing to watch with Wilson Contreras is if he's driving the ball the other way, that means he's seeing it. Uh, he's letting it kind of go late, letting it go deeper, you know, in the, in the pitch. And, uh, you know, he's, he's really taken off since then. But he was kind of feeling it. He was feeling the pressure. He was getting down on himself. But to his credit, he said, I'm going to be the same guy every day, whether I'm playing great or, or, or not hitting the ball at all. Uh, the Cardinals are experiencing the surge with uh, Contreras, while uh, Arnato and Goldschmidt, I, w- I wouldn't say that it's, it's an absolute disaster by any means, but they're just not doing necessarily what they uh, expected to do over the last week or so. Um, you would imagine that that would come back and come back relatively soon. Uh, your assessment of that 3-4-5 with Contreras uh, picking it up here over the last week? You know, the Cardinals have done a lot of studies on uh, rest and, and, you know, recovery and that sort of thing. And th- they gave, even though they were struggling this past week, they gave Arenado a day off completely. They gave Goldschmidt a day off completely. They're trying to use them at DH from time to time to get them off their feet a little more. And, you know, Ali Marmol said it, it'd be easy to panic and say, hey, we're not playing well. Let's get these guys in here. They feel like if they give these guys rest, Rest them over time. You know, like, like we all know what Paul Goldsmith's going to do and what Arenado's going to do. They're they're both going to finish with 30 home runs and 100 RBI. Uh, it just may come, at, you know, at different spurts or whatever. But they feel like if we rest them, uh, keep them fresh, that that will eventually play out over the long run. You know, it's I know when the team's not going well and you see the lineup and you see no no Nolan Arenado in there, it kind of raises some eyebrows. But they feel like they can get a benefit from that. So, you know, both of those guys had a rest the last few days. They think, you know, now's the time when those two will take off. As far as what the Cardinals have going on with Nolan Gorman, uh, this is this is now, you know, you're talking about a decent sample size here, carrying it over from spring training, but it gets legitimized once it's done consistently at the major league level. This is a guy who, as weird as it is to say, I think for a lot of Cardinal fans, if you were to ask him, 
Who are you looking forward to watching hit the most? Or who do you feel most confident in in a clutch spot in the game? Nolan Gorman is going to be the answer. And if I would have told people that back in January, uh, I think people would have thought that would have been an insane perspective. But that's the kind of season he is off to. And that's the kind of consistency that he has displayed so far. Your uh, thoughts on Gorman and, and your talk with the team and maybe people around baseball on what he is doing right now. Because, uh, yeah, it's 20 games in approximately. But so far he is tracking toward uh, what could be an all-star season. Yeah, you know, Tim, we we talked a month ago in uh, when I, I was still in Jupiter, and I said then, and, I, and I'll say now, if it wasn't for Jordan Walker, Nolan Gorman would have been the talk of – he would have been the story of spring training. Uh, that kid came back different. You know, he, he had a horrible six last six weeks to his uh, rookie season. Uh, to his credit, he went to work right away on his swing. He learned which pitches he could hit, which pitches he can't. Uh, the fat, high fastball gave him trouble last year. He's learned to lay off of it now. He's learned to foul it off. He's learned to wait for his pitch. And, I mean, if, if Major League Baseball had voted today, he would probably win the most improved player in the league award. I mean, he's top five in home runs. He's top five in RBI, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, everything. Uh, you know, it's With him, it's all about knowing which pitches to hit. And if you look at his background, when he went from single A to double A, he had about a month of struggles, and then he took off. And then double A to triple A, the same thing. And, you know, last year was, was was very rocky. You know, he started off a little slow, hit a bunch of home runs, and then had a, bear, a terrible finish. Well, now he's made the adjustment, and, and look what the kid's doing. So give him credit for, for, for making the changes and, and making himself better than where he was when he ended last season. Uh, John Denton is with us here, writes for MLB.com. He is going to be a regular with us on Balloon Party throughout the course of the season, and we are very excited to have that. Any questions you may have for John or comments, please don't hesitate to text him in, 314-399-9646. It's the Air Comfort Service text line as we talk it over regarding the Cardinals here on 101 ESPN. When Matt Madison Bumgarner was DFA'd yesterday. There naturally was, uh, I, I don't know how serious it was, but at least some discussion amongst Cardinal fans, whether it be on Sports Talk Radio, on podcasts, on social media. Would this be a direction the Cardinals would go? Obviously, it has not been a real good stretch of baseball for Madison Bumgarner as of late. He was injured, then he came back from injury, started to look okay, then a bad second half and a terrible start to the season with his velocity dropping uh, below 90 miles an hour. Uh, What do you think the future is for Bumgarner, and are the Cardinals having any interest whatsoever in him being a part of it? Yeah, you know, it, it's going to take the right fit. Uh, Bumgarner's a veteran who likes to do things his way. He's ruffled a lot of feathers through the years. You know, he, he got into it with uh, Wilson Contreras the other day. Contreras, Contreras missed a hitting, a, a hitting a ball 450 feet by maybe a quarter of an inch. And when he swung, he, he went, ooh, like yes. that. And as soon as he did, Bumgarner's eyes looked up. You know, he was yelling at, at Contreras. So, I don't know how much he has left of the take. You know, naturally, it's your first instinct is to think, hey, maybe we could get him to pitch for us. But, I mean, uh, Cardinal fans should realize that, I mean, they just knocked his head off for, you know, seven runs, seven hits, over over three innings. So, I'm not sure how much he has left in the tank. He's a great pitcher. He may be a Hall of Famer someday. He's very close friends with Adam Wainwright. Uh, that could factor in if you know if the Cardinals were possibly interested in him, but you know right now I don't 
I don't see him as being a person who could come and save your pitching staff. So uh, with regards to Bumgarner, I, first off, I don't know how you feel about it. I thought I honestly thought he was in his late 30s. He's only 33. Uh, it's yeah. just it's just been a pretty quick decline here, really, for the most part, since he came over to the Diamondbacks. He's guaranteed that money. The Diamondbacks are on the hook for $34 million uh, mm-hmm. with Madison Bumgarner. Um, the Diamondbacks, Pirates, and Rockies are the three most recent opponents of the Cardinals. And one of the things that stands out to me, John, is the Cardinals went 5-5 five and five in that stretch. And I actually felt like... It could have been worse. They might have been fortunate to be 5-5. Five and five. Certainly a couple of those against the Pirates could have been there for the taking, and they closed in on the deficit against the Diamondbacks in the second game of that series. But overall, you go, well, that's the Rockies, Pirates, and Diamondbacks. you gotta, you got to do better than 500. But I ask this question of you. Are the Pirates at 13-7 and seven much better than we thought, or is this just kind of smoke and mirrors? And are the Diamondbacks, who are leading at the moment an Ameri- or a National League West that, that is down from where your expectations would be, are the Diamondbacks for real? One, the, the, the Pirates have something going. They, they realized that you couldn't be too young, and they went out and signed Andrew McCutcheon and Carl Santana and you know, maybe most people roll their eyes at that, but but that means a lot to a young team. When you go get veterans who know how to play, veterans who know how to approach the game every day, and then the Pirates have a lot of good young players. You know, like like a buddy of mine said one day in, in the NBA, he said if a team picks as a top five every year, eventually they're going to get some of those right and they're going to be good. Uh, you know, the Pirates have a lot of good young players, and they surrounded them with some real smart uh, veterans, so they have something going and. As far as Arizona, I think they have some of the best young talent in baseball. I mean, that Corbin Carroll kid can run as well as anybody I've seen in a long time. Like, he is really, really special. And, you know, they they play an old-school uh, type of ball. I mean, Tim, you were around, and, and, you know, back in the day when the Cardinals ran the bases better than anybody in the league. That's the way That's the way uh, Arizona runs the bases. They're, they're not afraid of anybody. They play aggressive baseball, and – you know, I, I think they could be a team that could possibly compete out there because, like you said, the NL West is not what it, what it has been the last few years. All right, I told the people I would uh, ask their question. If you texted them in for John, 314-399-9646. Uh, John, I want your perspective on the Cardinal outfield. Where does it stand in Major League Baseball? Speaking of the Pirates, I heard the Pirates outfielders are currently third. That comes from the 636. It's tough to get a gauge on what the Cardinal outfield actually is because it's uh, <laughs> it's quite a rotation at the moment. Yeah, it's, you know, Ali Marmosa the other day, he said, I'm not going to sit here and say it's fair. I'm not going to sit here and say Dylan Carlson should be okay with playing two times a week yeah. or Tyler should be okay with sitting two or three times a week. You know, it's, I would say as far as depth, they, they're, they're the best in baseball. I mean, they have five legitimate MLB outfielders uh, you know, you just want to see more production out of those guys. I mean, you want to see Tyler O'Neill being more consistent. Uh, Dylan Carlson has to hit the ball from the left side of the plate. You know, we we all know that Tommy Edmond and, and Dylan Carlson are totally different hitters when they're hitting right-handed against lefties. It's just the Cardinals need uh, Dylan Carlson to hit the ball from the other side of the plate. He is their best defensive outfielder, but if he's not going to hit from the left side of the plate, they you know, they struggle to, to get him in there every day, so... I think the Cardinals have as much depth as anybody. They just need more consistent production out of those guys. Uh, I've got this question here, John. Has anyone asked Ali if Nolan Gorman will start making starts versus lefties and Ali won't just go off of analytics all of the time? That's from the 314. 
Um, I, uh, I I think that's possible. Nolan Gorman hit a home run off a lefty. We were in Lakeland facing the Tigers, and he stayed in on the pitch and hit a ball really well. Uh, th- this team is still going to be very analytics-driven. Uh, you know, I, I think there could be possibilities sprinkled in from time to time, maybe a spot where a team goes to the bullpen and brings in a lefty and he doesn't want to take him out. But I think for the most part, they're going to stick with their, their, their plan and, you know, limit the, the number of lefties he faces. Eventually, if Nolan Gorman is going to be an everyday player, he's got to be able to face lefties. And, you know, they said last year that that will come in time. But I still think they're going to be very analytics-driven. I want to, a final question here for you. Uh, I, I want to get your perspective on this. I feel like anytime the Cardinals lose a game, uh, number one, Ali Marmol, is, uh, it reminds me of Tony La Russa with his level of irritation. Um, mm-hmm. but, but secondarily, uh, that uh, he, he continues to say the team has confidence, they have confidence, they have confidence. And I don't know if that is a real thing or if that is something you just say because you're flustered and, and perhaps confused at where the team is at this point in the season. I'm speaking about some of the comments he made following the first two losses to the Diamondbacks in that three-game series this week. Uh, do you get a sense, one way or another, if that is a real thing, and uh, and does it go beyond the manager? Is the team of that opinion as well? I know everyone is going to say it, but I think you get a sense from covering teams, John, what what is really yeah. meant and what is real. He is, uh, let me tell you, Ali Marmol is as competitive as as any player manager I've been around in a long time. Like he wants to win every single day. Uh, there are a lot of factors that you know fans don't always see that he has to deal with. Like he says all the time, he's like, did I want to win today? Yes. But did I want to walk in tomorrow with Ryan Helsley telling me he needs an MRI on his shoulder? No. So yeah. a lot of factors he has to balance when it comes to, you know, availability in his bullpen and, you know, pushing a guy who may be uh, uh, struggling with an injury, that sort of thing. He has confidence in his team, you know. And the Cardinals are falling back on this. Are they scoring a ton of runs? No. But they're top five in the league in – in batting average and OPS and on base percentage, and I think they're still near the top in hard hit ball, hard hit balls. They think eventually, you know, that's going to change. Keep hitting the ball hard. They're going to find holes. They're going to score runs. Uh, you know, hitting with runners in scoring position, hitting with the bases loaded, have been huge issues for this team. But they feel like if they keep hitting the ball hard with the depth in their lineup, they're going to score a ton of runs. It's just a matter of time and. You know, that's not what fans want to hear when you get your butt beat by the Pirates. But, you know, sometimes you just have to roll with it and and feel like it's going to turn at some point. I think there is a lot of truth to that, even though I know it's not something like you said that people want to hear. Uh, I'm anxious to see how it plays out here as they head through Seattle, San Francisco and Los Angeles. John Denton with us. He'll be covering it for MLB.com. John, appreciate your time as always, sir. Love the conversation. Look forward to being a regular with us here on 101 ESPN this year and uh, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Yes, sir. Sounds great, Tim. Take care. Thanks, John. Take it easy. That is John Denton of MLB.com with us here on the program. Your thoughts on what he had to say. Wide variety of topics covered in that conversation. Uh, 314-399-9646. You can use the 101 ESPN app to leave a mic drop. We will have the Lil Piddles Friday Six Shooter from a cabin in Tennessee coming up in the net. Yeah. Yeah, Matt. Yeah. 
that is coming your way uh, in the very next segment. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party here on 101 ESPN. It's driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Tim McKernan, Matt Rocky with you. Jackson is vacationing in a cabin. Uh, yeah, Matt, you just had this in your Sports Center update. Kind of don't know why you didn't give us a an update on uh, on what took place with the Kings and and Warriors last night. But uh, you know, I guess I guess you're going to do your own thing. Big Piddles is going to Big Piddles. Little Piddles is going to Little Piddles. The funny thing is, yesterday people were like, good, no NBA. And then I mentioned the and NBA. They, and, and then, then like, I saw oh it in the text line. God. All hell broke loose when you did. I don't think people understand that like, what happens off the air here is that me and Jackson talk about the NBA in the back office that the is entire true. afternoon. Uh, that uh, Jamison Williams, along with three other members of the Detroit Lions, were suspended. Jamison Williams, St. Louis native. Ritter, Ohio State, injured, then got to play last year. Um but he is now suspended for violating the NFL's gambling policy. This news just breaking. You may have heard Matt Rocchio with it in the Sports Center update. So Jamison Williams, along with three other players, uh, have been suspended. And Williams is suspended for six games. The league investigation said that uh, Williams did not bet on the NFL. Uh, but two of the players who were suspended uh, did bet on the NFL. The league makes it clear in their statement. Matt, what do they say? Uh, yeah, the very bottom of the statement, it says, A league review uncovered no evidence indicating any inside information was used or that any game was compromised in any way. Yes. There you go. That's the important one. Yeah, that, that, yeah. And, and, and if they would have noticed otherwise, I'm sure they would have just mentioned that. Uh, but either way, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I didn't know that there was a policy that you couldn't bet on something other than the NFL. I understand not betting on the NFL, but I can't believe and I, God, I mean, how many people are betting on things other than. I mean, all of the leagues are now in bed with all of the sites and casinos and so on. Hey, I totally understand it. If I were them, I would, too. But I just don't understand why. Jamison Williams can't throw whatever it is that is his standard size of a wager on the Warriors and Kings. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't know. I didn't. Maybe I, he's a big I'm, soccer I'm, fan. I didn't know that. So when I read the story and it said uh, regarding Williams in particular that he did not bet on the NFL, I thought, well, then what did he do wrong? Now, if the NFL has that policy, they have that policy. But as we've seen in St. Louis, they sometimes have policies, and it doesn't really matter that they have the policies. This was one, however, that they chose to actually adhere to, apparently. So Jamison Williams, who has had a rough go of it ever since that BCS championship game in which he got hurt, uh, is now in a spot where he's going to miss another six games. For a Lions team that, by the way, 
you know, had a, had some momentum as they wrapped up the season last year. And had they been able to make the playoffs, would have been a team that I would have been intrigued to see what they would have been able to do had they gotten into the playoffs. And that was really without Williams being much of a factor. Uh, he had been spending a lot of time this offseason working out with Jared Goff and trying to get things going. And I want to see him get it going. I mean, I felt terribly for him. It wasn't as traumatic as the Willis McGahee injury, if you recall that, from, uh, I guess, about 20 years ago with Miami, Ohio State. But it still was such a brutal situation to have that happen in a local guy. And now uh, he's wagering on things other than the NFL, and he's suspended for six games. Um, and, and for clarification, uh, the, the policy is... You can wager, you just can't be on the premises of the NFL facility. So, strikes me as odd. So he's getting, so especially I, I, when I, I would imagine there's a potpourri of gambling advertising at NFL facilities. But again, I don't know. I can't necessarily get in the minds of the cartel. But you, I, and that's the thing is knowing that that's the exact rule, you can see what happened. The guy's probably rehabbing, you know, in the training room one day for the thirtieth time, you know, in, in his first, you know, fifteen weeks of his NFL career, not being able to play, including like the preseason and working up because of the injury. He's probably bored as all get out there for three hours in the cold. Just tub, scrolling through and, and he sees a number he likes. He sees a number he likes. Just like I did last night with laying <laughs> six against the Kings, I did take the Warriors. Nice. I did. Nice. I felt like that was kind of in the free money category. I kind of, I, and I kind of thought the same thing with the Leafs. I mean, at this point, if if the Warriors, if, if they're playing at home, I don't. I just they're down too low. They, they just yeah. they're not in a spot where they can lose. lose. And it was the same with the Leafs last night. Watch the Leafs and Lightning. It was really looking forward to it. It was just blown out. Especially when Victor Hedman's out. Well, that's a situation that. for the Lightning. If the Leafs can't beat them, if he's not back and he's out, that uh, that'll only add to the anger in Toronto that is uh, two decades old, and it is intense. I mean, that really is about the equivalent of if the Cardinals hadn't won a playoff series in 20 years. It, actually, I would say it's probably worse. <laughs> uh, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs hockey in Toronto and St. Louis Cardinals baseball in St. Louis, forget about it. Especially, I mean, th- I mean, how many times has that franchise been the hockey version of, like, Ishikawa in those, like, 40 years? It's probably, like, six or seven times. Oh, they've it's got been it. heartbreaking for them. They've got it. And so, if they, yeah, there's just I just couldn't see a scenario. But you know what? There were a couple of teams. I'm anxious to see what happens when the Bruins face off with the Panthers and Sunrise. I don't think they were expecting that. And that's the weird thing about having that kind of regular season that Boston and former Blues coach Jim Montgomery have. Just one loss. And you go, God. You know, I mean, hey, for those of you who remember the Blues President's Trophy team, I remember I was on the flight back to San Jose uh, after they lost, I think it was a Saturday afternoon game to the Sharks. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden when you're the President's Trophy winning team and you lose a game, that's why I think over the last like 25 years, only eight President's Trophy winners have actually won the cup. I think it's something along that the lines like that, um, that there's, a, you can't really say it's a curse when it hits 33% of the time, but it's certainly, I think, a lower percentage than you would expect. Um, but but when the Leafs are in that spot, they're going to win. The Avalanche were also in quite a, a bit of a spot last night, and they were able to uh, get it in the third period. And uh, VGK was up against it, and they were able to get theirs. There's just something about that. And I don't know if it's psychology. I don't know if it's coincidental. Coincidental is something that's going 55-45 or 60-40. This happens so often that I felt like, my God, it's just you, you know it's going to happen. I don't know how it happens. The other team might feel like they're playing above their skis, 
And they're like, okay, inevitably, we know we're going to get it tonight. But I saw the, I was like, the Warriors got to be favored by double digits. And I saw six and I go, well, I got to, I got to throw something on there. I know the Draymond Green suspension probably factored in there. And then the Leafs and the Hedman situation, that's just, I don't know if I expected it to be as egregious as it was, yeah, but uh, they beat the hell out of them. And now you got a best of five. You expect that one to be one of those series that's going to go six or seven. Meanwhile, Boston's got to try to fade uh, the Panthers. You know? I, I will say on the outside, looking in at the NHL playoffs for the first time, since the change of the format for the NHL playoffs, you know you heard why they did it, and it's a hundred percent true. Just the mat, the matchups it garners now. It's it's an absolute just slobber knocking, just just boxing match with the two the threes in each division right out of the gate. And so you hate it when you when you win your division and you got to play a team that's probably a lot better than what you should if it was the usual you know like one through sixteen right. breakdown or one through eight breakdown. But they got it right because. Every almost every single one of these matchups through two games, you can really you know flip a coin and, and you wouldn't be shocked by who wins it. It's it, it's created to generate rivalries inside the division. Going back to those of you who could remember, for example, the Norris division when you knew the Blues were going to be playing teams in their division, and that led to some real rivalries, even with teams that on the surface you would not think would be. Rivals, So that's what you have here uh, as the uh, teams now head back on the road for the lower seeded home games as the best of seven starts in the NHL playoffs. Anxious to see how it plays out this weekend. In particular, like I said, that Bruins and uh, Panthers series and uh, what Matthew Kachuk can do uh, as they try to shock the Bruins and the hockey world. We'll take a commercial break. Come back with our final segment, the Little Piddle Six Shooter from a Cabin in Central Tennessee. We'll wrap things up before BK and Ferrario come in. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment here of Balloon Party. Uh, BK and Ferrario coming up next. Uh, Lil Piddles, Friday Six Shooter. This was sent in by KG in O-Town, who is another producer on TMA. And uh, it was t- still titled the Little Piddles, Friday Six Shooter here. So I will I will go through some that intrigued me. Did you guys discuss this? This audio was posted on the TMA fan page on Facebook. Come and join it if you would like. It's TMA fan page on Facebook. Of Eli Drinkwitz speaking at the uh, at, a, at a Missouri fan. No, we did not talk about. Okay, this, this is uh, interesting audio, and uh, and he talked about uh, the quarterback situation. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, saying that uh, it's Brady Cook's job if he performs, but if he does not perform, then hey, then you bring in Jake Garcia and Sam Horn into the picture. He said, just like I got to win more games, everybody's got to perform. Uh, so, yeah, that audio uh, was posted to the TMA fan page on Facebook if you would like to take a look at it. Um, and so the question uh, is, uh, what direction will Missouri be at quarterback when they open up the season against South Dakota? What do you think on that? I mean, there's a variety of factors, man. I mean, even with the injury to Sam Horn, it was, it was an elbow strain that he got while pitching. I, I just think that enough time Sam Horn's going to win the job. I just I firmly believe that. I think Brady Cook's a solid player and I just think that when you're changing up the offense a little bit like you're going to this year getting a new uh, getting a new mind in there obviously All it's right. going to be which is set but I have to think he's going to let the guy change it up a little bit to how he's based on how he's calling it. I just think eventually we're going to see Sam. Horn. Either way, no matter what, if Missouri is not 4 and 1 exiting the month of September. Wow. 
because then things get real starting with Brian Kelly and LSU on October 7th in Columbia. Uh, another question here, is your, is your interest in the NHL postseason predicated on the Blues involvement? What is your interest level in this 2023 Blues-less NHL playoffs? Um, my answer is I love it. I can't get enough of it. Certainly my interest is as intense with the Blues not there. But I think I, I've seen... Minus the Devils and Rangers. I haven't seen much of that yet, but I feel like I've seen every other game and every other series, I should say. Um, And I love it. I love the energy. I really like it around this time of the series where the games are so critical. Uh, Game three, no matter what, it's going to shift things. And you already have uh, some teams that, like the Bruins, for example, they're in a spot. And how teams respond to that pressure, the momentum in buildings, how loud buildings get, the intensity of the Stanley Cup playoffs, from my standpoint, is up there as one of the best things in sports uh all right well there we are i mean i I, my time management matt is is well known here at 101 espn is just really hideous it's 10 57 if i go to another question we won't get done until 11 45 and at some point uh, that just isn't going to work so bk and ferrario are coming up next uh with their program matt rocchio thank you for filling in for the piddles while he was in the cabin absolutely anytime tim i enjoy i enjoy doing the show with you i always enjoy it as well that's matt rocchio i'm tim mckernan this has been balloon party Driven by Mung and S. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.